Come live on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. A new day brings new topics. Our sports talk brings extensive debate and analysis by the host, expert contributors, and callers. We discuss it all. Join us weekdays at 6 p.m. and 7 p.m. on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. Welcome to our second hour of Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. I am Princess Cooper. It's time for the professional contributors, and I want to welcome in my co-host, Duck Raleigh. How are you, sir? Doing well, Princess. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And my other co-host, Tim Moore, how are you, sir? I'm trying to get off mute. I'm doing well, Princess. <laughs> <laughs> amen, amen. So, um, gentlemen, just quickly... Go ahead, Doc. Yeah, I just I was just looking up. I had to look up real quick when Tim didn't answer. I said, Dad, know the name on? Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that Hidalgo is a nice point guard, man. <laughs> she sure is. She, she well, sure yeah. is. And I don't, Tim, I don't know if you remember their first game in Paris against South Carolina. They look like a whole other team now. They they they're yeah, they they're good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. I think she's she's the uh, she's the first really legit uh, point guard they had since uh, the sister that went to the WNBA. Um, I can't remember her name right off the top of my head. Um, oh, you talking about Diggs? Diggs, that's Sky exactly Dick. right. Uh, Scott. Yeah, Scott Diggs. Yeah, Scott Diggs. Yeah, they they I they're, agree with they're you. special when they have a really a really special point guard like that. Yeah, and playing, she is very fiery. Are they playing tonight, uh, Tim? <laughs> uh, I don't. At least I don't know. <laughs> I think I think they played the other night. I heard Jason Jason mentioned uh, on the thread, so I had to look them up. <laughs> Normally, duck women's basketball plays Wednesday, Saturday, or Thursday, Sunday. Um, that's how. In to to not mess with the 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 men's game so much, they usually play Thursday, Sunday. Most of them do. Hey, so, Princess Lady, some of them women are playing. <laughs> they, they can mess with the the men's game. I ain't cool. <laughs> yeah. Hey, boy. So. Women's basketball on the college level has come a long way, and it's worth – I encourage anyone to, to watch it for sure. It has come a long way. And Jason put in our thread, hey, Notre Dame so-and-so, UConn is on. And and hey and I said oh wow I want to watch that and then in the thread somebody said I'm on it yeah okay I bet you are I bet you are on it <laughs> wonder who that was <laughs> I wonder who that was Chris and I am shocked that somebody would do that <laughs> for sure all right let's welcome in everybody welcome to the show Doc how are you Good evening how's everybody doing tonight Doing good sir. Hanging in there. Thank you for being on. Awesome. Carlos Bradley, welcome to the show. Glad to be here. Hope everybody, everybody's doing great. Doing good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time out to be with us tonight. Will Harris, welcome to the show. Good evening. How's everyone doing tonight? How are you doing, Will? Good. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And my friend, the Eagles fan, last <laughs> but not least, Oh, <laughs> how you doing? What's up, fam? Uh, Mr. Tisdale. I'm glad to be yeah. here with everybody. I don't appreciate you appreciating the <laughs> hires at the Eagles. I, I cannot believe that we got this Kellen boy. 
Man, I just can't believe we did that. Welcome to drama. <laughs> right. <laughs> feel like a cowboy. Because that's exactly the, what's that, what that is going to bring. It's the oh. same. I don't know. Okay. But um, congratulations. <laughs> yeah, appreciate it. I sent him a note today that said, Larry Tisdale say, welcome to Eagles Nation. Uh, I did. They go running out. <laughs> <laughs> it won't take long. All right, Duck and Tim. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, uh, Larry. Since, since we started with Larry, I was I was gonna bring that up to you and Carlos. I know you were. Oh my goodness! I was that like, was so painful. I was like, what? What were what were they thinking? But anyway, okay. oh, I know, uh, Duck. Hold on, Duck. We were in the middle of a game yesterday. A good game, and you want to talk about Kellen Moore? <laughs> it's just—it's a disgusting right? move. <laughs> like there is no more tread on that tire. Come on now. Oh man, we, we 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 speak about this at length, and and again, and how they get these opportunities over and over and over without success, and we can't even get a chance. So, yeah, we're at the same place. Yeah. <laughs> Former quarterback for Boise State is now your offensive coordinator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With no success. All right, Larry, open mic. What you got for us besides Kevin, yeah. Kellen Moore? <laughs> yeah, that was, <laughs> that'll be all year. My open mic is the portrayal of Lamar Jackson that he choked uh, during this game. Um there were other quarterbacks that lost a few interceptions uh, that had games maybe not up to par, um, and they don't get this this moniker of being a choker. They tried to, you know, it, obviously the, the playing field is on level, and it seems like everybody tried to throw this, this year here on him saying this is his make-or-break year. You know, this is his legacy. And I'm like, how, to, how the heck could this be his legacy when he's a young man and, and got many years ahead of him. I didn't hear that once about Josh Allen. I didn't hear it about any other quarterback. So, you know, mainstream media, unfortunately, once again, is uh, uh, playing somewhat dirty. So, yeah, that was my uh, my gripe for, for the day. Okay. Uh, Will, open mic. Yeah, looking at these new coach hirings, when we got Antonio Pierce, uh, deservingly got the job with the Raiders, uh, Raheem Morris getting a a second chance in Atlanta where he was before. So, you know, it's a what if it's basically a copycat league. I think with D'Amico Ryan having a success with Houston in his first year and turning that team around, we're starting to see these uh, younger black defensive coordinators start to get uh, hired again, like back when Mike Tomlin had that early success in Pittsburgh. So hopefully I'm not going to give the NFL credit for something they should have been doing years ago, but hopefully this is a positive trend that we see in the right direction with hiring. Okay. All right, uh, Princess. You know, that was going to be my topic too, what Larry had. And and I think choke is definitely a strong word. But um, I thought they ate Josh Allen up after his failure against um, Kansas City in his own house. I thought they, they used that word or they came short of it. Um, I thought they they did the same thing with Dak Prescott. And so 
Um, I also thought that Lamar Jackson put a lot of this on himself. He said that this is make it break year, and he also said that it's Super Bowl or bust, and he welcomed the pressure, and I just don't think he lived up to the moment. Now, I agree with you, Tisdale. Every show that I watched on ESPN today said the word choke. I think that's a little bit strong. Um, maybe some of the emotional players with some of these personal fouls in that game choked, and maybe the offensive coordinator didn't. But I do think he's probably getting a lot of the same treatment that Dak and Josh Allen have got in their failure to get further than they got. Um, and I don't know if we compare anybody to Dak because I just hadn't seen that big moment performance. But um, here we are, and I don't want to be not sensitive enough to Lamar, but I think he's just getting some of this because it was not a good day for him. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Doc, open mic. So, you know, I know we criticize the officials um, on many occasions and uh, a lot of times rightly so, but I want to give a shout-out to my former roommate, and Mountaineer owned Granis Bell for his excellent work as the back judge in yesterday's NFC Championship game. He right. made a lot of numerous calls, good correct calls, and non-catch, touchback, so just to name a few. Well, I would have been okay and well, lived just fine without that information. Another Mountaineer. <laughs> I, I, I'm not trying to be funny, man. I, I thought he should have got some type of an award for his so funny. <laughs> that is funny, Doug. That is really funny. Uh, <laughs> I made you want to send anyway. my kids to West Virginia. We use a <laughs> lot of airtime on the Mountaineers. We use a lot of airtime. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I, Tim, open mic, Tim. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, I, I would just like to say, I, you know, I'm not, I've never been a big proponent of judging a player strictly on statistics, um, which means, you know, analytics. I sort of believe it's a, it's a tool, but I don't think that you should coach strictly by analytics. But statistics, I think, uh, said that last year uh, Jalen Hurts outplayed Patrick Mahomes. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yesterday, uh, I think uh, statistics uh, would have shown that Jared Goff had a really good game, and Purdy did as well. Uh, however, I think you judge a player based upon how they perform at key moments in a ball game. When the when the team critically needs them to make a play and to and to do something special to get them over the hump. And watching yesterday against a team that I thought they were overmatched against, Patrick Mahomes is just a bad boy. He's just a bad mm-hmm. dude. Uh, I was stunned that Kansas City beat Baltimore after watching what Baltimore did to San Francisco a few weeks ago. Um, just an impressive ball player. And he did it in the Super Bowl last year. He, you know, he probably did get outplayed statistically. But when they need that first down or they need somebody to break a tackle and, 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 and make a throw uh, to keep a drive alive uh, or score a touchdown uh, saving, uh, touchdown winning ball game, uh, this guy is just – he's money. He's he's really impressive. He's one of the best I've ever seen. Okay. Can I I ask you a question before we move on? And I was thinking about this. You know, as we watch that game, and I think Princess mentioned offensive coordinator, um, Andy Reid puts Patrick Mahomes and that team, specifically offensive, in in an opportunity to win all the time. 
Um, They allow Patrick, they allow him to be a superstar and make those type of plays and win. When I looked at the Ravens and I watched the Ravens offense, uh, and they were even commenting on the blitz, they were running everybody deep and, you know, no adjustment. It appears that they're asking Lamar to be a superstar to win as opposed to letting him, you know, the game come to him. So it looks a little different to me when I look at those offenses, and I'm not taking anything away from Patrick Mahomes because I think he's the man. Um, but I don't see that same kind of an offense and options uh, when I was watching the Ravens game. Uh, all his throws were tougher throws, it appears. His, you know, his tight end wasn't running wide open, you know, and, and some of it could be personnel. But it appears that, you know, Andy Reid's done this for a while with a lot of quarterbacks. I just think he's a, you know, he puts people in a scheme where they could be the absolute best. Whatever, whoever comes in, I think he coaches to them as opposed to the position. Yeah, but, but and and Lyad, to your point, and and Carlos, you know, can pick it up from you know it, he's going to be up next. My thing was, I just thought that the OC kind of panicked, you know, being his first year in that predicament, that he panicked because you get away from your your running game and have him throw the ball. I mean, it seemed like he was throwing it on every down. My thing is, you down 17 to 7, why are you panicking? Yeah. And, yeah. and of course, you know, we all know what Mahomes does. You know, he, he does a great job. But I think that Baltimore still were in control. They fumbled the ball at the one and threw an interception going in to score when they were shutting down Kansas City's offense. But you can't keep them down for long, you know. You if you don't come away with any points, you get what you got. Yeah. All right, Carlos, open mic. Yes, yes. Um, I will follow up with with a few of these topics. So, regarding Lamar, um, I think I can't remember who said it, but big players make big plays in big games. What I saw Purdy do, what I saw Mahomes do. What they do is take what's there. Uh, Take away the offensive coordinator and what's supposed to happen. Football is a game on heart and soul and right then. And you got to make a play right then. I felt like Lamar was either hurt or was trying to prove a point that I'm going to win this game without running. For example, in the first quarter Mm -hmm. when he he broke away – and I'm like, oh, that's to the house. He looked back yeah. at the DB and laid down. And I said either his hamstring is bothering him or he just doesn't want to run. Then as the game went, you saw open lanes everywhere. He took away him himself. And then he stopped dropping the three five-yard passes to the running back who was wide open. So he didn't make the plays that he could make. They could call all that downfield stuff. But that doesn't mean that's what he has to do. That's what Mahomes does. He looks, pumps, run, let me get the first down, we keep the ball. Okay. There was a question on Kellen Moore. Why him? Well, let's look at this picture. So you got Sirianni, which I consider a lame duck coach who has no defense or offensive (laughs) personality. So he's just kind of the figurehead that they want there. He starts the year one and three 
He's fired. Guess who your head coach is? Kellen Moore, which is what they've been wanting to put him in a position of being a head coach. Do I agree with it? No. Do I like him? No. But that is what it looks like to me that they're putting him in position to be. I like that even more. Last point. I bet you do. I bet you do. Last point. There are no, and I say this all the time, there are no geniuses in football. There's a lot of ego in football. There's a lot of moxie. There's a lot of, but I'm telling you, these playoffs have shown some of the dumbest situations and dumbest calls between Tampa Bay, between the Lions, between what is wrong with Dan Campbell? You put points on the board when you have an opportunity to put points on the board. He, he blew a chance for the Lions to go to the Super Bowl, and they might, it might take them another 20 years to get in that position. He should take the majority of the blame for the game going the way it did, in my opinion. Okay, and, and Carlos, and let me let me say this: you brought up some great points, and and with Dan Campbell, it almost reminded me of Pete Carroll when he threw on the one instead of giving it to Marshawn Lynch. That's yeah, what makes, yeah. That's what makes the games upset, just because of what yep. you just said. When you do yeah. things like that, and when you all this whole analytical and all that, look, football is on feel and heart and spirit. If you feel right there in the game, we have no momentum going on. Nothing's happening. We're on the 44. No, I don't feel like, no, we need to kick this field goal. You can feel that game. Look, we all play. We sit in our living room, and we lose our mind because we can feel what needs to happen. And when the coach doesn't do it, we're like, what is he doing? Forget analytics. Forget all that. What's happening right now? And he Blew it twice. Look at look how it turned out. If he made the two field goals, you win by three. Yeah. Okay. I want to stay with you, Carlos. What do you think about some of the coaching hires so far? So far, I mean, you know, I like him. Uh, I wanted Raheem Morris to get another shot. I'd like to see Steve Wilkes get a shot somewhere. Eric Biem to me, I have no idea what they're doing with him. Brian Lepwich is still out there twiddling his thumbs also. I don't know what's happening. Belichick is not going to take any job because no job in no place other than San Diego looks good enough talent-wise where he could win in the next two years. That's the only amount of talent I see. So the, the hires I like. I like the hires that, that looks good. I think there's two or three more, right? There's still Seattle. Um, and Washington. And Washington. Um, I'd like them to come out. They said that uh, the guy Johnson for Detroit was up for a second interview with with Washington. But, I mean, who? what did Eric Bieniemy do to somebody's daughter? I'm confused. Because they got some tape wow. on him somewhere. Yeah. This is just the weirdest thing. Ever. This man has two Super Bowls. Two Super Bowls. Yeah, yeah. And they say he don't interview well. And he can't even get a shot at being a head coach in Washington of all places. Yeah. Uh, and not, not, only, not only that, Carlos, 
he he is not even up to be an OC anywhere else. That's crazy. Yeah, I don't I don't understand. They must have some some deep dark tapes on him. I, I thought Philly was going to get him. I really did. I, I can't even understand that. No, that's too close to heart. They couldn't yeah. do that. No, that's oh. too close. My goodness. All right, Larry, you 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 up, Larry? You, let's talk. Let's continue talking about some of these hires and and some of the stuff Carlos was saying. Oh man, that's painful. Um, it, it's been a banner year, obviously, for the league. Um, well overdue, but it it's 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 been a banner year. Um, my concern is really kind of what we just touched on is, you know, how are these top your offensive coordinators after, you know, going to Super Bowls and winning Super Bowls, not getting an opportunity. Um, the playing field is not level. So my concern is, you know, as an offensive coordinator, what do you, do you know what to do in order to be successful to get the next, uh, the next step to have an opportunity to head coach? Because if it's winning or producing all pros or, you know, having offense to tie power or whatever it may be statistically, Obviously, it doesn't, you know, bear very much weight. Um, so I've, I've got a great deal of concern of why these people, and, and some of these are, you know, strong. I think these are strong ties along with some of the, you know, Tomlin and Bowles and the others are very strong. So I don't know what's going on and why some do and some don't. Um, obviously, I'm, I'm happy with the hires. I know at the beginning and when we started the process, you know, we weren't sure that we were going to be able to get anybody. Uh, based off of what they've done in the past. So, you know, recently they've, they've made some strides, and hopefully, and I'll say this again, I know we just said he's got a, his second interview uh, coming up in uh, Washington. Um, I, I hope they pull a Paul, uh, you know, Paul Pierce, I mean, uh, uh, Pierce, and that, you know, the enemy ends up being the offensive court or head coach there. Um, I think he could do extremely well. He's got a leadership team that, probably fits in better than anybody else. So as Carlos said, unless they got something on him, man, I just don't understand how his name is not up first. Uh, even against these other guys that they're coaching, I think, you know, those names that we spoke of before, I thought, you know, as a, a head coach, these guys were in, in line or at the front of the line to be a head coach. So uh, happy with it, but some real concern of, of how this process is uh, played out. Larry, what do you think of what I said about Kellen Moore possibly the Eagles' next oh, head coach? I, you, I, I, I'm, I listen. I really wanted to mute it. I just can't listen to it <laughs> <laughs> because it, it, you know, it really—it almost makes sense, but I just can't believe. I only speak the, the truth, world. Larry. You know that. Oh, how in the world is the enemy sitting out there? Nobody wants him, and we take Kellen Moore. I, I I just don't understand. I, man, they want I him to be a head coach. You see his name mentioned for the last three years as a potential head coach. They're feeding that to us to be a head coach. I, I don't doubt that, but I tell you what, everybody on this call knows Philadelphia. It, it, I'm around immediately. Uh, they won't have any patience for him. Uh, I am certain that most people in Philadelphia feel somewhat the same about him coming here. Um, As we've seen on all the broadcasts and news outlets here, this is not a great move uh, by the the city. The city does not feel that this is a great move in Philadelphia. So 
if that be the case, he better start winning next year uh, as an offensive coordinator and then move on. But I don't – this is not good. All right. Let me, let me move over to Will. Uh, Will, want to continue talking about your thoughts with B. Enemy uh, and some of the other guys that, you know, just like uh, Antonio Pierce brought back Marvin Lewis. You know, is that a great move? Your thoughts? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, as far as uh, Eric B. Enemy, I just don't know what he's done to be basically blackballed from uh, getting a head coaching opportunity. I mean, he was a uh, won Super Bowls in Kansas City as an offensive coordinator. Uh, players like playing for him. I mean, unfortunately, he had to go to Washington just to show that he could be a play caller and win games. I mean, if you get Washington, you don't you're shaky at their quarterback position. I mean, they have some good weapons, I guess, but clearly. Um, I mean, Rivera was a lame duck coach, basically. So why did he have to go to that situation to basically prove himself? So, I mean, now you see he's not even getting a chance to be an offensive coordinator, so I don't know what that, what the deal with that is either. Uh, I think guys like um, Marvin Lewis coming back, I think that's a good move by Antonio Pierce. I think new head coaches should always have former coaches on the staff. I mean, you see Jim Caldwell, who I think should also be a head coach in this league as well. He's kind of an advisor in Carolina. So I think these older coaches are just trying to find ways to just get that, get their name in the map and put their name in the mix again. So, yeah, I just don't understand it with uh, the enemy, but it's good to see these older uh, coaches getting back in the mix. Well, I, my last question for you, uh, uh, Will, is uh, the word in the street is that you, you, you're moving away from the Panthers. You're going with another team that year. Is there any truth to that? Who you got? <laughs> I mean, if they keep – I mean, I don't know. This guy they hired with uh, Tampa Bay, it looks like they're just trying to follow that trend of take any young coach they could get. But I guess with that owner situation, uh, not exactly like the that. ideal job anybody wants right now. <laughs> okay. All right. Like Princess, I, I want to come to you, Prince. We're talking about hiring, and, and we want to talk about Belichick, who's – probably not going to get a job, but it's going to go into the booth. Uh, is it true that they probably have <laughs> him sit there and somebody else speak for him? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I've actually, <laughs> I've actually been around Belichick in a personal setting at the University of Florida. He's much more engaging and not such a stick in the mud. But I think it, it, it says a lot for him not to be any choices. Um, the brass, the GMs, the owners are saying that that's, that's not where they want to go, although um, from my understanding from Tim and others, Arthur Blank was leaning his way. It was everybody else in the building that said, no, let's go with Raheem Morris. But I also want to say that the owners, the GMs, everybody has stated that Kellen Moore – is better than the enemy and Byron Leftwich, you know. What? And the enemy is sitting on two Super Bowl wins. Not, you know, we're talking about results. And so is but they so are is now circling back around. Exactly. That's true. But we're circling back to Kellen Moore, um, who I don't know, is 13 with OC, and he's not been proven at either one. Um, and I don't understand that one at all. Um, as far as the African-American coaches, 
um, I was pitiful enough to be satisfied with Gerard Mayo and think, okay, that's probably it. You know, let's go for it. I don't know if the Raiders are going to do anything. And they surprised me and secured that. And congratulations to him for bringing, for, for, you know, securing that job and then for bringing back Marvin Lewis. Um, I, I thought that Raheem Morris was icing on the cake. Um, and maybe they do see uh, Orions at Texans and how he completely turned that team around and just didn't give them a winning season but got them in the playoffs. Um, and maybe um, that that's what's got to happen. But congratulations, three new African-American coaches. And the, and the young man that's at Carolina Panthers, you pulled from Tampa Bay as an OC. He was born in 1981. So we just, you know, I, you know, I imagine this. They're just all on the phone and sitting around and saying, well, what about and what about? And none of them <laughs> are saying, what about the enemy or Leftwich? They're bringing up everybody else. And, you know, my cousin's um, wife, she has a coach, you know. You know, that seems like what they're doing to me. Yeah. Okay. Dave, uh, Dave, I'm sorry, Dave, real quick. You have your ear closer to the, you know, the, to, to the stone than most of us. Is there something being said? Is is is, is the enemy not getting, you know, the support from uh, ex players or coaches or something like that? Is that why maybe this is happening? I, I mean, I don't know, and it's maybe not something that's widely talked about, but I don't know. Well, it, we're probably all hearing the same thing. I, the probably closest to that situation. You know, uh, probably, you know, some of the GMs, like, you know, we have Will Lewis and those guys on, like, tomorrow night. They kind of have a little more insight. You know, I don't even want to speculate on it. My my thing is because I was getting ready to come to Tim with it because Tomlin, for the Steelers, you know, he has Terrell Austin, who Terrell Austin has kind of kept that defense going for the Steelers. But the offense has been lacking. So why wouldn't you look at the enemy? I'm kind of throwing that out there to you, Tim. I, I don't know, Doug. Um, the, I'm like everybody else. I'm puzzled by this whole thing. Uh, um, you know, I'm thinking, I'm thinking like, Carlos, they got pictures or something. Um, so this it's bizarre um, that the man, um, you know, is being judged on interview skills when he's proven on the field that he can coach. Um, I, I, I don't get it. I was real happy, though, that the Raiders pulled the trigger on Antonio Pierce. Just think, uh, two years ago, Pierce was at Arizona State with uh, with Herm Edwards, and now he's coaching a professional football team, the, uh, the uh, uh, I can't even say it, the, the Raiders in Las Vegas. Um, it's um, it's it's that was that was great, and, and the Raheem Morris, I was stunned by that. Um, I think in terms of Belichick, I believe that's the only job that he really wanted uh, was the Atlanta job, and I think that might have been part of the reason he didn't interview with anybody else. Um, but uh, and and perhaps San Diego, but that's you know he's never coached on the West Coast before, so maybe that had something to do with that. Um, uh, these other guys, uh, you know, it's, it's been it's been a good year for for black coaches. They've done more than what I expected they would do. Uh, but I do not understand the enemy situation at all or the Byron Leftwich situation. Okay. Uh, Doc, coming to you, Doc, you right there, and you probably could have helped Larry out with this. What's the, what's the word in Northern Virginia about 
the Washington Commanders? What, what, why are they not even entertaining Eric Bieniemy? Well, I'm I'm breaking the news here now. They do have pictures on Bieniemy, so <laughs> <laughs> there's a little high there's a little high yellow baby running around somewhere. <laughs> yep, that's it. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know. I mean, you know, the the whole you know situation with with black coaches is it's it's kind of baffling. Um, I you know I guess thank God for D'Amico Ryan and the success he had. Which I think kind of gave the opportunity, um, you know, for Pierce and Mayo or Naheem Morris to, uh, you know, get positions because, you know, the coaches now have gone more towards like 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 everyone's mentioned like the you know young you know white um, coordinators and offensive coordinators and kind of going that route and they've kind of gone away from mainly the black coaches because I guess besides the enemy and left which. You know, most of the the black coaches are kind of defense oriented, and you know they're kind of going away from that. But um, you know, I, I hope that maybe Aaron Glenn might get one of these jobs. Like, you know, the Commanders or the Seahawks. I guess it'd probably be more so the Seahawks. But it it's 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 hard to really fathom as far as being to me. You know, what you see with these other coaches, it, it doesn't seem equitable. So other coaches may be on the staff and their officer coordinator, and maybe their head coach like Andy Reid is an offensive guru. And so then, um, you know, they don't get any credit. The black coaches don't get any credit for being a coordinator. It's, it's the head coach that knows everything. But then the reverse is true. When it's a white coach, they're like, you know, they're they're innovative and they, they don't talk anything about the head coach um, being an offensive guy. So I, I I don't know. I mean, I you know, it, it's hard to really imagine what the situation is with these coaches and, it is hoping some things will change, but I'm not hopeful that it will. You know, I I think it's it's what Larry said a couple of weeks ago about creating familiarity. If you look at um, Gerard Mayo, so Kraft knew him. He saw him play for years. He coached there. So the familiarity of him being there. You got Raheem Morris going back to Atlanta a second time, familiarity. This is what Pete Carroll got in trouble with because he got in the owner's face last year about, look, bring these guys in, get to know them, get comfortable. And they didn't like that. That's why he doesn't have a job. But I think that's real, the familiarity, and they just need to give them a chance. How are you going to have an industry where 75% of the workers are black, but you don't have representation on the coaching side? I think the NBA learned this 20, 25 years ago, that it works better that way. Okay. Uh, Doc, I want to stay with you. Let, let's talk a little bit about the, the playoffs this past week. You know, the games, uh, Lions and 49ers and the Ravens and Chiefs. Your opinion. So, so I think, you know, for the Ravens and the Chiefs, I think it you know seemed to be like a game of, I think experience, um, you know, mistakes. Um, as you mentioned earlier, the Ravens, they abandoned the run, you know, so soon and they went away from it. And, you know, all the things that they were doing offensively, um, you, you know, they got behind a little bit and they they veered away from it. And then they just had, you know, too many penalties and they had the turnovers. And I think the Chiefs, you know, because of their history and experience of playing and obviously with, with Andy Reid and with, with Mahomes, 
you know, they they were just more steady. And, you know, they came out like a house of fire with a couple of touchdowns. And then I think once they got, once they got the lead, they basically tried to play keep away. They just didn't, didn't want to make any mistakes. And, you know, everyone's mentioned, you know, Mahomes, you know, he doesn't throw those, you know, terrible interceptions or he doesn't take sacks. Um, and, you know, I mean, Lamar didn't have a very good game. Um, kind of like, like Carlos said, as far as decision-making, I know that, uh, you know, when live, the interception he threw to Lively, you know, he may have thrown his hand up like Randy Moss, like he's open, but there were three guys around him. So there there was definitely somebody else that was open, but he didn't really scan the field to, you know, to make the right decision. Um, and then, you know, all week they were talking about how Hamilton was going to kind of shut down Kelsey, and, you know, that didn't happen. And I think – you know, he and Rice were the only the main receivers, and I think they were like 19 out of 20 targets, um, you know, for 168 yards and a touchdown. So I think that was mainly, um, you know, the Chiefs using experience. And then as far as the 49ers and the, and the Lions, you know, I think the Lions had, it's a choke job. I mean, up by 17 and a half, you would think that they would have, uh, you know, been able to hold on. Um, but, you know, much like the Ravens, they, they made mistakes in opportune times and, they let San Francisco get back on in the game, and you know, being on the road, the crowd started getting in the game, and it just it was just kind of once once the momentum's kind of changed, it was really nothing they could do. Okay, uh, I want to come to you, Prentice, because you brought up something interesting about the playoffs. It was to me, it was kind of the first time I ever seen the the Ravens kind of lose it during the game. Your, your thoughts? That was it. You know, I think um, John Harbaugh has a, you know, and he said he, he touched on that in, in, in talking to him during the week. Is The last thing we want to do is let our emotions get out of control. And I thought that's exactly what happened on several plays, even the guy reaching out and, and, and catching Patrick Mahomes in the face. Um, and there should have been another one before that, I, I thought. But um, Zay Flowers, I hope, will learn from this and mature from this. But um, I thought they were out of control emotionally, um, and I thought that cost them a lot of um, plays uh, and made them look bad. And then they were in the red zone. Even after all of that, they were in the red zone twice and had turnovers. Um, and if those had panned out, maybe we're talking about a different time and we're forgetting all of the foolishness um, that – that started, and they were fighting even before the, you know, before kickoff with the kicker. What are you fighting with the kicker for? I mean, really, seriously. <laughs> I really don't get that. <laughs> I mean, when you can beat up. <laughs> Did he say something about your mama? But you know, the kicker. <laughs> you know, so. And it didn't get any better from that. And but I said, I think last week. And to anybody that will listen in the thread, I was not a go- I was not going to bet against Patrick Mahomes. Um, mm-hmm. And even though it was lined up right for Baltimore and Lamar Jackson and them being at home, getting a bye week again, um, I thought they looked a little rusty in the first half last week. They came back in the second half, but Patrick Mahomes came out, you know, in that first drive. And, and Tim said, "Right, that was a statement." And they got one more. And got a, you know, and got a field goal, and then yeah. they managed the game from there. Patrick Mahomes came um, a Cam Newton game manager and did very well, and they won the game. Okay. Your thoughts, Tim? 
36 yards passing in the second half for Kansas City before that last bomb that uh, the guy who, who dropped the pass against Philly um, made the catch. The uh, Baltimore defense tightened up. They shut they shut the Kansas City offense down in the second half. Uh, but uh, you got uh, Baltimore just lost their cool. They, uh, they didn't run the ball. They ran the ball six times, I think, the whole game, uh, I heard, um, which is completely unlike what got them there. And then they made uh, some really dumb mistakes during the ball game, and they still had a chance to win it. Um, I guess that kind of sums up what I think about that ball game. I was surprised. Um, and I just got a text from a friend of mine that the uh, the Greyhound bus, is arriving at 11:30 in Detroit, uh, carrying that wide receiver Reynolds uh, back from the bowl game in San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't get to come back. That was that was awful. But, you know, 17 point lead. They're they're dropping passes at key points during the ball game that could have they were in the ball game. They had a chance to win that thing, and they they dropped key passes. <laughs> fumbles, um, just came unglued in the second half and still had a chance to win uh, midway through the fourth quarter. Um, I I felt really bad for them as well as they played in the first half because they dominated. Their offensive line was pushing San Francisco around the the field, and um, they just just fell apart in the second half. Uh, I'm going to move on to Larry because, Larry, I just want to know if Reynolds replaced the Greyhound. The Greyhound was inside the bus. Reynolds was on the outside. I just want to know. <laughs> That's rough Listen, was, right there. It's a luggage rack. <laughs> it's real. That was, you know, as a professional, that was hard to watch. Like, when yep. you see it and you're watching it, you'd be like, wow, okay, great job. And then it, you keep dropping, and I'm like, that can't be happening. And then you yeah. see it, and you say, this is not a good sign. Um, the Lions and came they both out and them. did what – Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it changed the entire momentum. Um, if, if, I go, if I go to the Chiefs-Ravens game, to run the ball, it reminded me of the Eagles. You know, the Eagles wanted to throw the ball all year with one of the better lines. Uh, and rushing attacks. And the Ravens, you can't put that much pressure on on your quarterback, Lamar. Unfortunately, his style of game is to make big plays. Um, that offense is to make big plays. And when you take away 50% of his offense by saying we're not going to run the ball, that's an, a huge amount of pressure on him. That comes from the offensive coordinator. Um, now, obviously, he made a great deal of mistakes, but a great deal of those mistakes were on behalf of the offensive coordinator not having a run game whatsoever to take some pressure off of him. I don't care who it was. It could have been Tom Brady back there. If he throw the ball, you know, if, if you only run the ball six times and he's got to throw it the rest of the game, you're in trouble. Um, so once, uh, once that momentum came in and, and the second half, uh, I think somebody mentioned maybe Princess, it, they, they game managed that game. Um, because they were being dominated, really, in the first half. They were being stifled. So I I find that to be really unfortunate. Uh, Lamar will take a great deal of the blame. But um, six runs in a game, there's nobody nobody in the league. 
Mahomes could have been on the other side, and it, you'd have had a great deal of trouble. So that's unfortunate. And the Chiefs took advantage of that. Um, the Lions came out and punched him in the mouth um, like I expected them to. Um, I thought the 49ers were a vulnerable team and that the Lions matched up with them really well. Um, too many turnovers. Uh, you, you just can't have turnovers against a good team like that and give them that type of momentum. And then the 49ers and their quarterback started making some plays. And the big-time players started making big-time plays at the right time. Um, the Lions, really good team. Coaching did not help. you got to put some points on the board. Um, when you're in the playoffs, as we all know, man, every, literally every single play matters. And if you have an opportunity for points, I, I remember watching it saying, this is going to come back to get them. Like, that's going to come back to get them, even when the score was, you know, so 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 wide. So, um, you know, kudos to the 49ers. Um, I hope the Lions come back and play well again, as, as, as well as the Ravens. And, you know, maybe the Ravens get the enemy in there, and maybe that's what they're hoping for, so they could have an offense like Kansas City. Okay. Uh, Carlos. Yes. Ravens. Kansas City, Ravens, four personal fouls, two turnovers, too much. Big players make big plays in big games. I don't care what the offensive coordinator called. What Lamar needs to learn from this game is when it's game time, I need to make a play either with my arm or with my legs, just like Mahomes. He didn't throw it that much, but he would run for your first down. I don't know why, unless he was hurt or unless he was trying to prove a point. I'm going to do it and not run to a fault. That was a problem. I think he should take a lot of the blame. I think he should look at this and learn from it and say, how can I win these games? When do I need to make plays? You know, in the game, you can feel when it's like, wait a minute, I need to make a play right here. You can feel that. Go ahead and do it. Don't fight it. If he threw underneath, then that would open up his long game. If he ran, that would pull the safeties up and allow him to get that long game going. So I do put a lot of blame on Lamar, but he can overcome that. And the Detroit 49ers game, I totally blame Dan Campbell for arrogance, ignorance, whatever it is, he damn sure ain't a genius, I know that, because it ain't none in football, and he caused them to lose by, oh, this is what I always do. You could feel that that wasn't the time to do that. So my opinion, he's at fault. Lamar, Lamar will overcome, hopefully, because I want him to. And Dan Campbell, go read a book or something. Yeah. Hopefully he learns this. Okay. All right, Will, bring it home for us, Will. What you got for us? Yeah, I just think the Ravens just looked uh, out of sync this game. So many opportunities to uh, take control of the game when the offense was out of sync. You know, number one rush offense in the league, and I think the running back only touched the ball seven or eight times. So by doing that, you're just putting so much pressure on uh, Lamar and I thought Lamar had plenty of opportunities to take off and run, but they were, I mean, he chose to stay in the pocket, try to extend plays, took a couple of sacks. I think 
they were in a position where he was trying to do too much. Um, I think the Ravens almost took momentum in the second half with uh, Zay Flowers. He had that sequence where he got a, a caught a deep pass, got up and taunted at the taunting penalty, came back, and then he uh, almost scored a touchdown, fumbled in the end zone out of the back of the end zone, and I think he hit his hand on the bench and had a laceration in his hand, which was limited his effectiveness the rest of the game. So I think after that fumble, they just kind of were out of sync and started to force things. And even though it was only a one-possession game, it just just didn't have much composure throughout that game, and I think that just uh, cost them in the end. But I think Kansas City, they did enough not to lose the game. They didn't make mistakes. Um, thought Mahomes made plays when he needed to, and that just comes with that championship experience. Okay. Uh, Sam, right Doug, can, I add, can I add one thing? Just add one thing real quick. The thing that it showed to me, it looked like they wanted Flowers to be the, a big part of the game, but you know who should have been Lamar's best friend in that game? Odell Beckham, because he wants to make a big play. He was ready to make a big play. He hadn't been playing that much, so they hadn't game planned for him. He went to him a couple times. Then he tried to force it to him one time, but that should have been the plan. Go underneath the Beckham and then go over top to whoever's open. Beckham would have been your man, the way I see it. Chuck, okay. I also I want to say to everyone that we didn't even mention Travis Kelsey. I thought he had a big game um, and, and really a really good first half. And the relationship between Mahomes and, and Kelsey can't be downplayed. That one pass, that first touchdown, um, he threw it – Mahomes threw it on only a place where Kelsey can get it, and he went down and got it. But he had himself a – a excellent um, uh, first half and, and, and managed to have some big plays in the second half. But Kelsey really played well. Agreed. Okay. Uh, staying right with you, uh, Will, what's the, what's the keys to the Super Bowl win for either the 49ers or for the Chiefs? With the uh, 49ers, I think they just have to play their game, um, feed Christian McCaffrey 25, uh, 30 times. they got a lot of good weapons to complement him. Uh, Brock Purdy, I think, playing uh, real well, um, not turning the ball over, making plays as he needs to. Uh, I think Steve Wilt's done an excellent job with that uh, defense. I mean, he's going to have his hands full with uh, shutting down Mahomes. But I think you want to make Mahomes uh, one-dimensional, um, I think, you know, he picks apart zones, it seems like. So you want to challenge these uh, receivers, make them uh, make plays against you. And I think, you know, rely on your defense and run the ball. For uh, Kansas City, I think, you know, a lot more pressure is going to be on Mahomes to make plays. He's got young weapons around him. I think they can't forget what got them the uh, Super Bowl last year, which is running the ball with Pacheco. And they think their defense has been one of the best in the league this year. So, you know, I think this is going to be a defensive uh, slugfest, whoever – makes the fewest mistakes, I think we'll come out on top. Okay. Uh, Princess. I think um, Brock Purdy needs to get off to a good start. I I thought he didn't look good in the first half again. And um, I I think their running game with Debo and McCaffrey is just out of this world. But Brock Purdy needs to get off to a good start. Um, You know, and even with all of this – the, the day opened up with the 49ers being a two-point favorite. 
now it's switched. It's gone to um, the Kansas City um, Chiefs as a one or two point favorite. So the line has switched during the day. I'm still going to ride with Patrick Mahomes. And I think if um, I want to say Chris Brown's, and that's not his name, Chris Jones on the defense plays well for Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey shows up with any other wide receiver because they put um, Kadarius Tony on the inactive list. Keep him there. Um, I, I think if Pacheco gets, you know, healthier in this next two weeks, I, I think the Chiefs win again. But as far as the 49ers, if they want any chance, I want Brock Purdy to get off to a, a better start from the beginning. Okay. Doc. Yeah, you know, San Francisco has been giving up a lot of yards on the ground in the past few weeks. I know uh, Aaron Jones had a big day and, um, you know, um, Gibbs and, and, uh, and yesterday they had. So I think the big thing for them is they got to slow down Pacheco because, as French just said, I, I think that they're going to – Kansas City's going to try to get their round, ground game going and, uh, you know, be able to have some play action with Mahomes. Um and for Kansas City, you know, they'll have to limit the weapons. I mean, obviously, San Francisco has a lot of weapons that they can use. Um, and But, you know, they were able to slow down the Ravens. So I, I think that, like Prince said, I think it'll be a defensive battle. But, you know, it, at this juncture, I, I was telling my son yesterday, I, I don't I, – I, as much as good as I think San Francisco is, I, I, I think Kansas City is going to win again. Okay. Tim. Yeah, um, I thought that either Baltimore or Kansas City uh, would beat uh, San Francisco, and I still sort of feel that way, especially after watching the way that uh, performance uh, uh, from Kelsey and uh, Mahomes on yesterday. And and the the one receiver, Rice, has played well for the last two or three weeks after the rest of them had been dropping passes for several weeks. Um, I remember last year, uh, even after – um, uh, what's the running back uh, from San Francisco uh, came from Charlotte um, McCaffrey. McCaffrey yeah mm-hmm. after he came to San Francisco uh, if you remember uh, Kansas City was the only team that beat them and they beat them in San Francisco by about three scores um, for some reason they seem to have their number and so I'm expecting uh, Kansas City will uh, will find a way to beat them even though I, I think San Francisco's roster is probably stronger than Kansas City but they they seem to have their number. Oh yeah, I, I'm I'm not betting against Mahomes and, and Andy Reid. Um, I thought the 49ers were and should have probably you know lost that game. Um, and they were vulnerable. Um, I don't know how you play the Chiefs offensively once they're in a they're rolling like this. Um, the drops, I, I think Tim just mentioned, they don't have the dropsies anymore. Uh, with their wide receivers and Travis Kelsey. Um, the defense is playing well enough to keep them in the game. And, and if the offense can play any better than they played this, this past week and put some points on the board, I, I, I think they're going to be fine. Um, the 49ers, if Brock gets off to a, you know, when that running game gets off, I think they have a chance. But the pedigree of the Chiefs and Andy Reid, um, I think it's a difference maker. Um, he does things at crucial points with Mahomes and that offense. Um, it usually makes a difference. Um, so I, 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 I got the Chiefs uh, pulling on this one away. Okay, Carlos. 
49ers defense against Kansas City's offense. Depends on how Warner, Greenlaw, Boza, how they play, how Greenlaw and Warner control that middle of the field with Kelsey. And going the other way, Kansas City's defense could be run on. So the 49ers could have success there. I really think it comes down to how they play defense and how they – if and how if they can control Mahomes, but I doubt it because he'll do whatever he needs to do. I would say the Chiefs win. Okay, all right, take us home, Precious. That was awesome. I couldn't wait to talk to you all today and get your opinion and and hear everybody's um, thoughts about the playoffs. Um, I, I think again the Chiefs may pull this off, and I like the pedigree. I think someone said that, of Mahomes and, and Andy Reid. Gentlemen, thank you. Have a great week for sure. Will Harris, Carlos Bradley, um, Doc Basil, uh, Tim Moore. Who am I missing? All right, I guess Mountaineer Doc, Duck Riley and Larry Tisdale. Um, you guys, thank you. Thank you. Um, have thank a great you. week, everyone. You too. Right. Awesome, awesome. Never had it so good. We'll see you tomorrow. At 6 p.m., Duck, or 6.30? 6 p.m.? Okay, Duck left me. Never had it so good, Sports Talk Radio. Mm-hmm.